This is Steve. And this is Ryan. And this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> Can George Takei sue you for saying, oh, my, on a podcast? I hope not. I kind of hope so because I oh want him my. to sue us just so people will listen to this podcast. That wouldn't make anyone listen to us. I think some people would at least listen to the first like 15 seconds to hear us the say, The way that oh works my. is if someone's like a famous person sues another famous person, then people will listen to the other famous person to see what's going on. I don't know. What about there was that Metallica cover band up in Canada that got sued by Metallica? I have no idea what no, you're the- talking about. This was like a few years ago when Metallica was suing everybody. Sure. Or maybe Thanks, it, Lars. Maybe it was a band called, like, I think they were called, like, I don't remember. Anyway, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're still drinking the same kind of beers we were drinking last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's more, funny how that works. More Ale Smith. Still yeah. enjoying this. Pretty good. Even a week later. <laughs> you have anything new going on, Steve? Uh, yeah. So, um,. Somebody from our church donated like random pieces of equipment uh-huh. a few weeks ago. Excuse me, and I thought we would uh, talk about that a sure. little. Uh, so one of the pieces was a uh, Fender Strat case, hard shell case, the molded style. Yeah, and I was originally going to ask Nate like if I could just buy it off the church for like forty bucks or whatever. Uh huh. And then put that with my Strat listing for oh, my flip yeah, project. Totally. Um, but. Then I went to the church and saw that he put his Telecaster in it. <laughs> I'm, I need to uh, see how this fits because I'm surprised that a Telecaster fit, fits in that case. Well, the Telecaster and Strat body are the same. They're just the really the only difference is the horns. But isn't the top horn of the Telecaster so fat that it wouldn't fit in a Strat case? Um, is it like is it in there pretty snug or it's does in there it, pretty? It's in there. It sits pretty pretty well. Interesting. I need to I need to take a look at it to see what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, so Nate, Nate, when you listen to this, I really don't care if you're using it for your Telecaster. By oh, all absolutely. Means, keep using it because I know you need a case for that thing. Yeah. Um, but it's just funny. Yeah. Uh, the other piece was a PV stereo chorus. Yeah. Great big '80s PV amplifier. A solid state, yeah. right? Now, you had the chance to actually play through it, right? Yeah. Well, I was there when these things showed up. Like, some guy at the church brought them in and said that they were left at a construction site that he was working. Right. And he's like, oh, you guys can just have these. Uh, so, I plugged in the, the stereo chorus and played around with it for a while. And it was interesting. Like, definitely really lush, classic stereo chorus kind of sound. Sure. Uh, the rest of it, I probably could have done without. <laughs> but for, I'm guessing it's just like a really... like sterile like really neutral clean yeah yeah i mean i play through you know some solid state amps that i that i really enjoy i wasn't having a great time with this i tried to play around with the drive channel and had some interesting like tone shaping options to get you to like a kind of like a hair metal heavy metal sort of sound and i just wasn't feeling it so this is a semi completely unplanned aside have you ever thought about how we always describe not we i usually don't but like um, <laughs> this is so. Have you ever thought about how we? Well, not we, me. But sometimes not, not me. Not me. <laughs> I usually don't use this term. Um, at least I don't use it with the negative connotation that most people do. Sure. But typically, the complaint about solid state amps is that oh, it's a has a very sterile tone. Right. And I wonder if like so sterile has such a negative connotation to it. 
I almost wonder if they should be described as having a neutral tone. Yeah, probably. Like it's an unaffected tone. People are like, oh, tubes are so warm. Like that's the that's the classic clean. But the thing is, is what a lot of people I know that are like, oh, I love this clean tone. It's not clean. No, it's like it's, it's actually a, light a little drive, dirty. A little bit of compression on there. Like, oh, I love the clean tone I get from my Fender Deluxe when I turn it up to six. Well, that's not clean, that's dude. Not that's, clean. that's that's a little dirty. That's yeah. like a little bit of gain. It's guitar speak, and it doesn't actually have any relation to what's actually going on. Yeah. Like if if you a clean tone is like if you plugged into your PA. Yeah. That's clean. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I mean by like, that's what I mean by neutral. Like it's an unaffected, this is what a signal going to a speaker through a system that does not color. Sure. I mean, all amps color, your all speakers color, but I feel like, uh, I mean, a, 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 a good clean tone is probably a fender amp on the clean channel below three sure that's going to be a clean sound sure and depending on the amp you start getting above three or four and you start getting a, a a bit of compression you start getting a little bit of dirt on the edges yeah and it's not clean anymore technically it's a clean channel but you're pushing into tube distortion yeah. so this uh this pve stereo course did not have a pleasant clean tone no i wasn't enjoying it uh you know for the right project it would probably be great it's definitely got a lot of power on tap. Did you use the chorus at all? I did. That's the thing I was having the most fun with, actually. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, it's a stereo thing, and it's just real lush and deep. That's, so I felt mentioned- like playing like a, like a, some police covers. <laughs> I've mentioned this on the podcast before. Stereo, like true stereo chorus is yeah. the reason I don't like chorus pedals. Yeah, because it doesn't uh, sound the same. Yeah, because like a good stereo chorus amp, like there's not better chorus. Like you hear it in your bones. Yeah. Like it's totally different. You feel it. Yeah. It's really cool to like, and I don't know if you did this, but I, I did this back when I was playing a Princeton chorus. Uh-huh. Is It's really cool to put your, he- your head next to one of the speakers yeah. and strum a chord and just hear that like wah, uh, 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 because <laughs> you can actually hear like, you can hear the speaker dropping out because yeah, totally. part of the chorus is this like kind of like tremolo. It's like a slight tremolo thing. It's sure, this sure. delay. It's a modulation. It's a modulation. And it's doing like each speaker is doing like slightly out is basically each speaker is out of one speaker is out of tune from the other. Yeah is uh basically the way it goes and so if you get in the right spot you can hear the beats and it's just really uh it's ethereal it's 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 neat yeah it's really neat it's really classic um so yeah i don't i don't know what is going to happen with that amp i have a feeling it's going to end up in the youth room and then get junk piled on it and then we'll pull it out again in like 30 years and by then it'll be worth a ton of money because some guy will have come around and base his signature sound around it sound around it and we'll be like oh man we've got one of these oh i remember when we got this oh wow we can sell this and you know finance putting a new wing on the church right i for- <laughs> i forgot about the i forgot about that thing the last time i was at the church i actually i'm gonna pitch to nate just selling it for like 50 bucks and buying you know putting it back in the church fund yeah it's yeah. just sitting there it's not something that anyone on the worship team Excuse me. Anything, anything that someone on the worship team wants or needs? No. I mean, I I um, leave my my classic fifty yeah. at the church, and you know, I've told people that they're welcome to use it as long as it doesn't leave the stage. Yeah. So um, I think that uh, my perspective is the best thing to do with it is to sell it and, yeah. and use it to 
I don't know, buy an SM58 or something. That's my answer. <laughs> well, I was everything. thinking about stripping the amp out of it and using it as a cab. Well, that's the other thing. But, you know, I'm already doing that with another thing, so I should right. probably just keep doing the, it. The speakers in that PV might it's actually the, be super good. It's got the Scorpions in them. Do it. Yeah, I probably should, huh? This Like the Silver Cone Scorpions, they're probably really sick speakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're probably... Oh, I mean, I don't know. You might want to try it out first because they might be too good. You might find out that, that the the piece of crap crate speaker is your yeah. signature tone. Yeah, you're probably right. All right. Should we get into ads? Let's do it. Uh, I'll hit my ad first, and then you'll hit your second. Sure. Uh, this is an ad for a company that is now defunct, and I just had a lot, of, a lot of really great memories of looking at their website kind of in the early days of the Internet. Well, I, I don't know if that qualifies for the early days. Like the kind, like late '90s, 2000s, is when these right. were going on. It's the brand is Route 101. The model is uh, Solomar, and uh, the guy is basically asking you to make an offer for it. Is this basically a Strat copy? It's basically a Strat copy. What Route 101 did is. It was an early kind of platform where you could go online and build, like virtually build a custom guitar with all the options that you want, and it would update the price and tell you what that would be. And if you click the buy it button, they would build it for you and ship it to you. Right. Uh, and so you could pick in between like two dozen different colors and finishes and all kinds of different hardware options, nut options, tuner options. Uh, all kinds of different pickup configurations, all kinds of different woods on the neck. You know, anything you could think of, you could change it. You know, the the knobs, the switches, whatever. Yeah, I think I found their website like uh, just maybe a year or so before they shut down. Yeah, was the first time I found their stuff. They basically only had a Strat version and a Telecaster style version, and I spent hours on that site just playing around putting together my dream <laughs> guitars, you know, doing screen grabs and like sending it around to my friends. I mean, Oh, look at this thing. I'd really love to get this. And you know, their prices weren't that bad. I have a feeling, you know, that all the co- like the guitar body components, like the neck and the body were being made in Korea or whatever, which probably meant that they were probably really decent playing guitars. I remember people talking about how impressed they actually were by the final product, right. but you could get the basic sort of thing for in the 300s before you added you know custom high-end pickups or whatever right like you could you could make one of these guitars easily a 900 hundred dollar guitar but starting out you could you could be in the 300s easily why do you think they went out of business i don't know uh when i was following the site uh there was a point where they're like oh coming next year we're going to start doing explorer shapes and flying v shapes right and, and like maybe a less paul shape or something like that and then the site just closed down and they disappeared hmm. uh they probably just it's just too much overhead or they weren't making a profit or the guy was in had like an investor who pulled out cuz he wasn't happy or something like that i don't know the actual story but they just disappeared one day and then you never saw them again. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know what I would pay for one of these on the used market because, uh, you know, what, how do you know? The guy doesn't describe, like, what is on it. He doesn't say what the pickups are, what the hardware is. Sure. Like, did this guy have an $800 one built or did he have a $300 one built? How much are they asking? He's not asking anything. He's asking for an offer 
and he's looking for a trade for a multi effects pedal. Um, so you might be able to offer like 150 bucks. That's kind of what I would feel comfortable with, just because you know it's it's not a Fender. It's trying sure. to be a Fender. It's an off brand. He says it has Seymour's in the neck and the bridge, right? Uh, but that doesn't really mean all that much without saying the models. Yeah. Um, you know, with this, you have to be willing to take a loss on this sort of thing. No, you're going to take a loss no matter what. Yeah, but yeah, I th- I feel like 150 is what I would have offered if I was seriously looking at this. Uh, but yeah, it just brought up a lot of memories. I had a great time on their site back in the day. I kind of wish that model would come back. I wish Fender would do that. I think I've talked about that before. They sell their parts now directly. You can buy necks and bodies and stuff like right. that. I feel like there's no reason why they couldn't have a division where you like they can stop releasing new models and just have it be like, oh, well, here's our new 2015 model of Strat body that you could huh. put into our builder and custom build your own thing and have it sent to right. you. Or like, oh, here's our 2015 neck that is different somehow or pickups or whatever. And then you could also buy stuff from, you know, through the years and come up with your own thing. I'm sure it would take a, like a huge, uh, building a huge infrastructure around it to do that and, you know, putting together a different factory somewhere. But people would go crazy for that. And it would still be a fender, so it would hold its resale value. Yeah. And you know they have custom shop, but it's like it's a how custom is it really? It's like, and there's a ton of money. It is a ton of money. I feel like there's room for a Mexican-made line of custom shop where maybe you throw six to seven hundred dollars at something, mm-hmm. and you know maybe there's not a ton of quality pickup options, but there's a ton of configuration options. And right. and finish options and stuff like that because they only release like a dozen or so colors a year. Why can't they have thirty colors on stock, or maybe some custom graphic options and stuff like that? And you get to pick what you want. You get to pick what you want and combine it with the pick guard that you want. Combine it with the hardware that you want. Right. Like it just seems like a no brainer to me. Have you ever heard of this company called Carvin? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Carvin guitars all look like Carvin guitars no matter what. You can't like, <laughs> you can't make one look you know like the Strat of your dreams unless you right. unless your dream Strat is a Carvin, right? So, but yeah, Carvin does do that. But it's like, and you know, there's I think Jackson has an online guitar builder and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, there's different companies that do that, but I feel like with a company with Fender is such a no brainer because their guitars are so modular. And there's already such a huge market for aftermarket parts, and everything fits together so well. Why wouldn't you do it? You know, for sure. And yeah, it's uh, it's all modular. I think they're just big enough that that. I mean, while Fender's been taking a lot of risks, in a sense, with the modern player line and the Squire Classic Vibe line, uh-huh. the Squire Vintage Modified line, and, and the. Uh, the Fender Classic Player line, like these different lines that they've done, and particularly the Fender Pawn Shop line. At the end of the day, like I think these things are like really well market researched. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, I'm sure it's one of those things where like the labor return on, okay, we're going to end up building like three Antigua Burst 
Stratocasters in our Mexican line for these three schmucks. One of them wants it with two P90s. One of them wants a Jazzmaster and a Humbucker. One of them wants two Strats and a Jazzmaster. So we're going to have to like either they're either going to have to go to swimming pool routes or some other like routing setup. I mean, there's everything is on CNC now. You'd think they'd just be able to plug a body in and and you know plug in the order code and have it route out what they need and then route a pit guard to go along with it. Right. And maybe like you said, like if it was like seven hundred bucks. Yeah. I mean you would that you would think would cover the extra cost. I I you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's I feel a neat like idea. It, I feel like it could it could be done. For sure. Yeah. For sure. So uh, speaking of custom strats, <laughs> I've got this ad. This Who is from uh, Dan. Dan in, in, in uh, New, New York, York City, City, right? Thanks for sending us an ad, Dan, in New York City. And uh, this is Fender Glowing Strat Unique, $260. Uh, glowing, me, no kidding, right? I'm going to pull up the email because I thought the email was funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this thing is kind of out of control. It looks... There's no way this is, this came out of any factory this way. This is something that someone modified in their garage. Yeah. Uh, and then they were, it looks like they were like an aspiring uh, airbrush artist or something. Oh, yeah. Let's be kind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's airbrushed to look like an explosion. Like, think of any Michael Bay movie. Think of one of those explosions. What this reminds me of a little bit is the... Um the Dean Dimebag Lightning, sure, uh, sure, guitars only with explosions and fire instead of lightning and yeah, but it's kind of got that like it's got this things where it's like or I mean you guys will see the picture once uh, once this gets posted, um, but it's like the top half of the guitar is like this bright glowing orange yeah. And the bottom half is like this mix of orange and black that's kind of like... Like the cloud and like the debris cloud. and whatnot. So this is what Dan said in the email. Hey, guys. Is that your Dan voice? No, that's a bubble coming up in my throat. <laughs> hey, guys. Uh, this could be one of the ugliest strats I've ever seen, but I'm sure you guys can find a way to justify buying it for 260 bucks. Enjoy, Dan and NYC. Yeah. Thanks for the compliment, I guess. Well, that is the one redeeming thing about the ad is that it is 260 bucks and it is a MIJ strat. Yeah. Uh, so no. you could potentially reverse this to be something more worth it, I guess. Yeah. Unless like you look at this and you're like, yeah, that's my jam. That's what I want. That's I'll, my jam. I want an explosion hanging around my neck. Right, but it's re- like it's not even the finish. Like they, he did a custom cut on the pit guard, which is weird. So I'm gonna read this. Um, I wonder if this ad is still up. Actually, yeah. If this ad is still up, it'll be helpful because I can look at that. I think it's still up because I printed it off today. Uh, there it is. Yeah. All right, but here's the ad. It says this is an early '80s Jap Strat. Let's talk about that. I I get Jap Strat. I get it. Are you calling out as racist? As I have gotten older, the older I get, the more I feel like referring to Japanese built anything as Jap Strat yeah. or Jap Les Paul is hella racist. Yeah, it's 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 pretty bad. And like I said, like ten years ago, I would have not have hesitated. Well, I think to, I think how to call it that when you're but, young, you don't realize that that's a slur. 
you're like, oh, it's just short for Japanese, but it is an actual slur yeah. coming out of World War II. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it's like, I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's my my Chinese side, like, roaring its head. but <laughs> Roaring its head or, ro- or rearing its head? Ro- both. Okay. I guess rearing its head is... Rearing its head and then roaring. Rearing its roaring head. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, it just... Something about it just doesn't sit right with me. And I realize it is, like, at least it's a shortening of an actual word. Yeah. Like, if we referred to Chinese strats as chink strats... That would be clearly super racist. Well, you can do that and get away with it because uh, you're half Chinese. No, I can't. I can't do that at all. You can half get away with it. I can't. <laughs> I could never get away with calling a Chinese anything that. Yeah. So, um, so that's just. I just feel like anything that's built in Japan that's Fender, you just call it Mij. Mij or Cij because that's what Fender like. Yeah. The, Mij is clearly or Cij is short for made in or crafted in Japan. Yeah. Um and maybe that's why this is 260 bucks is because the guy is racist. <laughs> that's like the racist discount. I have no idea. Like that's <laughs> He's just probably something. just ignorant. He doesn't know that it's, you know, this is something that's been bothering me for a long, for a, a couple years, at least a few years now. Even though I'm not Japanese, like it's just the idea, like something about it grates me. Sure. More than the fact that I used used to refer to my Japanese Stratocaster as the sushi caster. Oh my gosh, I never heard you say that. That's funny. It's saved. All of the pictures of it on my computer are in a folder called sushi caster. <laughs> um, but, so that might see be, that's funny. That's, that might be worse. No, I don't think that's worse. I mean, it's not really for me to say though. But yeah, I I don't know. But I think you got to get like a bamboo strap for it. Then you could call it that. Oh my god! <laughs> I think at least like um, because because of the connotation of the word Jap and its yeah. association with World War II. Um, let's just retire it. Yeah, totally. This is starting today. 60 Cycle Hum Podcast number 31. We have solved this issue. Yeah. If you let if, it be written. If you have heard this podcast, let's let's just put I'm gonna put this out there. If you have listened to this podcast and can you continue to refer to Japanese instruments as Jap strats, you're racist. Well you're knowingly racist. You are racist. You can't you can't claim ignorance anymore. And you need to stop being racist. Right. Or admit that you are racist and yeah. The more you know. I mean, okay. there's always going to be people. So, so let's, yeah, let's talk about the guitar. This is an early 80s Japanese strat, strat, all original parts, which was painted to capture an explosion. The pit guard <laughs> was... <laughs> the way that's written makes it sound like it's in honor of an explosion the guy once saw. No, I, the way I write it was like it's a ghost trap. Oh my Ghostbusters. <laughs> like there's an explosion going off and the Stratocaster like in the sucked guitar. it in. Yeah, um... So the pickguard was cut for style, which is to say it looks like crap. Yeah, well, I think uh, it, that means it was cut to show off more of the airbrush right. job. Uh, pickups and bridge floating were modified. Um, the pickups I, are floating? I don't, no, the bridge is floating. Oh, okay. Uh, it's coined the orange explosion. Who coined it this? The guy who made it? Yeah. Uh, which throws off an eerie glow. This is what we don't know. Dan in NYC is the one who did all these mods. Oh my gosh, you think so? You think he's sending us an ad of his own guitar? I hope not. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Uh, which throws off an eerie glow. This guitar has no damage at all and modified to enhance sound and look. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's, it claims it has no damage at all. 
I think that's a matter of uh, personal opinion <laughs> at this point. Um, the, the thing that kind of grabbed me is that the way they painted the, the trim bar neon orange. I did not notice that until right now. It's crazy looking. It looks that's like a, awesome. It looks like a Lego piece. That's the best part. Yeah. It, this thing glows so brightly that it does look like those neon clear Lego pieces, like the flames or, yeah. you know, like stuff from like the space. That's a good line. comparison. Yeah. Um, which throws off an eerie glow. This guitar has no damage at all and modified to an enhanced sound and looks. No wear on fretboard. Great action and sound. Cash only. Serial number H. Zero zero five three two nine must send cell number for reply. Sorry, scammers. Um, <laughs> I like that he's apologizing to scammers. Uh, oh, s- sorry, scammers. So, You're not getting me. So let's back this up. Um, modified to enhance sound. Let's. I you know there are certain things about this ad that from a serious standpoint. One two sixty. Yeah, Dan and NYC, I, I can probably justify this price. Sure. That neck is probably going to sell for at least $100, 150 bucks alone. You slap a new pit guard on there, and suddenly it doesn't look like complete trash. Yeah. Um, I think the pit guard is what is actually what turns me off the most to this oh, guitar. Oh, absolutely. I could deal with the paint job. Especially, yeah. It might actually look amazing in person, and it just looks corny in a picture. Yeah. But, you know, even if you hate that that paint you could attack it with a hot air gun and get down to the wood yeah it says pickups and bridge were modified that means replaced right i mean i don't yeah i mean i just because the pick cards cut that's obvious this pick card reminds me i said ryan and i were talking about this before the cast uh that the the pick card reminds me of like olp but what it actually reminds me of is what dan dan electro was putting on the hodad yeah um it's not a i it's an unbalanced pick guard look i really hate it yeah um, and like i said they they cut it down to be minimalist to show off more of the paint job right the correct thing that they should have done is done a clear pick garden absolutely yeah if this was clear i would think it, i would have my complaint level would be like very minimal especially if you put some kind of cool like fabric wrap over the wires and stuff like that yeah yeah the uh the the color change on that whammy bar looks rad yeah yeah um but the it says the pickups and bridge were modified tell us more like tell me like what what's different about these pickups uh it says uh this guitar is no damage at all modified to enhance sound and looks okay i get the looks but you have this article or this ad has said said nothing about how it has been modified to enhance the sound. Yeah, what um, I'm what I'm hearing that is just that they swapped into they swapped higher quality pickups in and probably swapped in a bridge that has like a big block in it or something yeah. like that. You know. So all of this to say, um, fifteen bucks for a new pit guard. If you have a heat gun and you you know how to refinish something. This is probably an awesome guitar for 260 yeah. bucks. I'm not even saying refinish it. I'm saying unfinish it. Take it down to wood and leave it and raw. Just leave it. Sure. Yeah. Um, an H-series, an H-serial Strat, I want to say... I'm not looking this up. Um, I want to say that's 1988 or 1989. You guys can check this and correct Steve If you want to fact check me, that's fine. Um, I, had a, I sold an I-series, I think was that white strat I sold. I uh-huh. want to say that was 1989. So that's why I'm guessing this is 88. But again, 
could be wrong. I'm I'm it's it's late eighties. Yeah, yeah. It's outside the so the E series was eighty four to eighty seven, so I know it's not any of those years. I wanna say this is maybe eighty nine ninety. Yeah. Um regardless, Japanese Stratocaster, it's probably plays awesome. The neck is probably great. Yeah. Um, I mean, if it just, was stock, it would probably be like, what, like 350 Oh, yeah. If this was stock and this was stock and listed for like 350 even as high as 450 Sure. I'd be like, Someone yeah. Someone would get it. Let's put it this way. If this was listed for $450 in stock condition, Dan and NYC would not have sent it to us. No, because it would make total sense. Yeah. So, uh, but again, at 260 260 tells me that this seller knows it's weird. Yeah, totally. And he knows that it's not worth as much as the original one. And so he's trying to emphasize the fact that it's unique and that it's got these mods that are going to make it look and sound better. But just based on the pictures, it looks like... Yeah. It looks weird. Well, some some dude weird. out there is going to see this and lose his damn mind and be like, yeah, that's what I need. That's going to go great with like my flamed... like." like button up shirt that I wear when I play in my blues band because I'm so hot I got hot licks and that's like on fire like there's there's that guy out there who thinks that way and is going to pick that up you know oh with my flamed shirt and my flamed uh, guitar strap and my, I need, my I flamed, need an explosion guitar yeah, and my, my Chuck Taylors that have hot rod flames on them oh my god! you know that guy you know the, uh. the 45 year old to 55 year old dude who's kind of Right. Out of it. <laughs> Not as cool as he thinks he is. All right. <laughs> I, I think ma- that does it for I ads. just made fun of middle-aged people who wear flames. Good. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, uh, I did a call for topics uh, last week, and so we'll run through those. I had my uh, my baby last week, so we had some people asking uh, baby's first guitar. And uh, Co uh, suggested uh, the Lug guitars. So let's talk about the Lugs for a second. So Lug guitars is this guitar company that I think like two years ago, they had a big Kickstarter campaign. Yeah, to yeah. To get started. And basically what they are is this kit. Well, you can, you can buy them completed or you can buy them as a kit for much cheaper. Right. Where you get the, the joy of... Uh, kind of assembling a guitar. It's like a bolt-on neck and then a glue-on bridge, I think, and then you get to put the tuners in. But they're only three-stringed instruments. So yeah. it's a really simple little instrument, a little bit bigger than a ukulele, I think, uh, tuned to an open D, I think. I think it's like a D-A-D sort of thing. Right. Uh, really simple guitar for children and students to kind of fiddle around with. They actually look pretty neat. I don't remember what the price point is. Do you know, Steve? I am trying to jump on the website right now. Steve, master uh, of the quick Google. Yeah, the internet. <laughs> Shop now. So these are really cool. All the pictures are like a pictures of kids playing it, but then the tagline is not just a kid's guitar. No, totally. You can play these. Um, but it's definitely... I mean, uh, if I got this for my kid, I would be probably playing it for the next three years until yeah. he was old enough to, so to the, pick it up. The three elustic... Uh, Alustic, the three acoustic. The, hey guys, the beer works. The, yeah, the three acoustic, <laughs> acoustic uh, Lug shapes. The Lug one, the Lug two, and the Lug three are one hundred and forty nine dollars. Um, they are shaped like a rectangle, 
a Dan Electro double cut and a triangle. So one of them basically looks like a right uh, balalaika, whatever. Right. The, um, the the Russian instrument. One looks like the bow diddly. Uh-huh. The uh, electrics all kind of have the Dan Electro d- cutaway double cut shape. They're two hundred bucks. Um, I'm not seeing an assemble. Maybe I, that you, was the original Kickstarter thing, and they don't do that anymore. Uh, in fact, it looks like it costs more to assemble your own because really? the, the body's ninety nine bucks, the neck is fifty nine bucks, and the bridge is nineteen bucks, and oh. the tailpiece is nineteen bucks. So it's better to just buy it already assembled. And if you um, want to do any modification, then you just do that yeah. after the fact. So that's all that. Uh, I'm trying to find out what how they're tuned. Uh, well, you could tune them any way you want, really. Sure. So I mean, okay, you could, you could tune those to be like the bottom three strings of a guitar, or the the top three strings. So or? the stock tuning is the high three, so it's GBE. Oh, interesting. Um, so it says, "Can I play any song on a three string guitar?" Yes, in fact, this is from the FA, uh, FAQ at lugguitars.com. L O O G, right? Yes. Um, yes, it says, "Can I play any song?" Yes, in fact, a regular chord in a standard six-string guitar is usually comprised of no more than three notes. Mm-hmm. The Lou guitar, well, the definition of a chord is three notes. It's three notes. Uh, the Lou guitar lets you play real chords, and virtually any song will not sound as full as if it were played with a high-end concert guitar. But because of the same reason, it provides a more approachable experience, more suitable for kids and beginners. Um, it says it's meant for children six years and up. Um, I forget what the scale is, but I feel like it might actually be like a normal scaled. Guitar. I feel like if you put that on an open tuning, the right three year old would get it. Yeah, they would. Sure, be oh, able, for you sure. could be like, oh, you strum here, here, and here, and you put your finger here and here, and they would be able to, you know, strum out a song. Yeah, and they actually give you a playing guide which has like the shortened chord shapes. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It's an eighteen fret guitar. It's a twenty one point two six scale. Wow, that's short. Uh, so it is really short, but honestly, this is actually something. Though it's not a big genre right now, this is actually something I could see taking off in like the ska scene. Yeah, like just a three string high because everything is like upstroke emphasized. Like the low end on is those strings. Anyways. The low end on guitar is kind of more muted. Uh huh. Um, I could actually see it really taking off. I feel like there's got there's going to be some bands that are doing some really cool stuff with these. I hope so. Um, they're going to be like bands that no one's ever heard of, but yeah. that's fine. I it almost kind of like it, though he does it a lot lower. It reminds me of Chris Ballou from Presidents. Yeah, well he's he does the bass side of it, but he'll have a he has a two string guitar that he right. that functions well, he, as a there's bass. one that's a two string. There's one that's three string. Yeah, right? the the. the Second guitarist in the band uses a three-string okay. guitar. That's why I'm thinking of it. Yeah, but they're all re- on the low side of things. Like this is it's drop C sharp for those guys, right? Uh, so they're not hitting the high strings at all. But this definitely an interesting concept where you limit the amount of strings and it makes it more simple to introduce uh, people to the concept of strumming and fretting and whatnot. And for the price, you know. It's great. Yeah. No, 100, a, 150 bucks. It's probably 200 bucks after shipping and all the extras and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, that's great. I, it'd, it'd probably be a really cool campfire guitar. Yeah. Where oh, like, totally. Like you hang out at a campfire and you've just got this little thing and, you know, your your friend has, you know, a jumbo acoustic and they're dropping the bass and you're dropping little leads on it or something like that, you know? Sure. Or you could even like throw a slide on this and have a lot of fun, I'm sure. Mm, yeah. That'd yeah. be rad. Yeah, totally. 
uh, or like a backpack or guitar, like you go yeah on a trip and you don't want to carry your full thing with you. You've got a little thing you can strum around on, you know? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And I think it's all bolt together and modular so you could do all kinds of modifications if you like. So you think a three-year-old could figure this out? I think the right three-year-old. Like some three-year-old... When I was three-year-old, three years old, there's no way. But I've seen three-year-olds that would have fun with this. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Outside of this, for a young kid, I've always thought it'd be fun to have like a mountain dulcimer around. Have you ever played around with those? Is that like the long, flat looking thing yeah and it's got like a like a vanilla bean shape yeah like i just did it with my hands and i made it look <laughs> it looks like i'm describing a lady in like yeah, a it looks very like you're describing chauvinist uh, way yeah but i'm actually describing a mountain dulcimer <laughs> <laughs> and it has like the little heart cuts as the f holes on it i just had to like reboot my brain because i realized it how terrible it would be for me to condemn racism and support chauvinism in this same episode. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty bad. Uh, but we're not being chauvinistic. We're talking about mountain dulcimers. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking yeah. about. I've seen those on Craigslist. Yeah. And they have, they're have. they interesting because they don't have... They're not fretted for the full musical scale. They're, right. They're fretted for a limited scale that puts you into a certain key. So it's one of those things huh. where... You cannot play wrong notes on it. Cool. The way that it's set up. And I've always thought that would be really cool for a kid to play around with. Yeah. Because as long as they're playing around with someone who's playing in the right key, then they're not going to play a wrong note. So. uh, I bet, you know, it's fun. Uh, Well, (laughs) are you going to talk about kids' guitars? Uh, Yeah, we can keep talking about that. Um, So it's funny, like, so for, I've been doing these bonfires with uh, my, my music job uh-huh uh the youth group i work with and uh some of the kids will play the guitar and actually uh one of the um so uh one of the kids will uh or one of the, actually one of the other adults who's interested in learning guitar but you know how it is like a lot of people are interested in learning guitar she'll sure she'll pick up the guitar and be like oh this is neat like i i played this one guitar one time that's like really small I, she's based, I think she's talking about like a ba- like a Taylor baby sure, size sure. or and a I parlor have, guitar. Or something. I have the big baby, which is uh, it's a smaller body with a full size neck, but the baby Taylor is smaller everything. Right. Um, and then there's all sorts of different things. Um. So it, it, there are definitely like options for like I feel like a baby Taylor would be like a, a great guitar for like. Oh, totally. A late elementary school kid. Sure, sure. It's small enough that they could get their hands around or it. Or a really tiny adult. Oh, yeah. Or a really big adult who just wants a little instrument. Yeah, because they're weird. <laughs> hey. Or, they're, or their name is Ryan. Hey. I've been playing <laughs> my ukulele a lot lately. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh. Just fiddling around with that guy. That's too bad. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to get, you know, play for play stuff for my baby. Sure. Yeah. Play some Metallica. <laughs> Well, you're telling you're da, da, you're da, da, telling da. me that uh, your son sleeps all the time. Yeah, with Penelope, there was a stretch where uh, I would j- sit down at the computer and I would put on Enter Sandman from Metallica, and oh she would gosh. fall asleep and like really halfway through the song. I think there's a well con- that song is about you know the Sandman making people sleep. Yeah, I think there's a connection between. Like hush, r- little really, baby, don't say a word. <laughs> uh, I think there's a connection between 
um, the low end music oh, yeah. in a lot of like metal, especially like sludgy metal like that. Uh huh. And um, and kind of what baby like f- babies are used to hearing like when they're in the womb. Oh, Everything totally. is like this fuzzed out, distorted like. Well, there's no high blocked. end. It's just exactly. Like, or think of your voice completely muffled. And when when my kid came out. Like I was like, "Hey, do you remember my voice? Remember my voice?" And then I realized, "Oh, it didn't sound anything like this when he was in the womb." So I put like my hand over my mouth and be like, "Hey, remember me? And then he would be like, "Huh? Oh, who's that? I recognize that sound." <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's All talk. Right, what were you about to read? Oh, let's talk about some of the other things that were mentioned on uh, my call to sure. for topics. Uh, Co asked us a bunch of questions. Uh, this is a good one. What's the deal with reverse headstocks? Looks or is there a purpose? Yes, yes, yes. Looks and purpose. Um, well, he, he, I know you what, have more experience. With I know. Reverse. I can tell you exactly what the purpose is. To look awesome. Uh, well, be, besides the looks, the the physical purpose of it is that the longer your string is, the higher the tension is going to be when you are tuning it. And then you think about kind of the famous left-handed guitar players who were right. who were playing right-handed guitars that were turned upside down or strung a different way. Like Jimi Hendrix was playing his Strat upside down, which meant that the low string was the longest and the high string was the shortest. Right. If you're a right-handed player and you get a reverse headstock guitar, you get that same tension. Yeah. And that's really what the benefit is. Uh, I have had reverse headstock guitars and I just can't stand reaching around the headstock to tune that way. Like I couldn't get my head into it right. And so I ended up swapping that neck out for a regular headstock neck. Right. I remember when you had a uh when you had that reverse headstock uh-huh. um on one of your was it on the Explorer? It was. Um it's definitely weird. And some of it I know is because it looks cool though. On certain guitars it looks really cool. Yeah. Some of that I think is I you were using like the strings from Ron well, at least the time that I played it, I think they were the strings that like Ron had put on it. Uh-huh. So he, the strings he used, I felt like were already like kind of a higher tension. Sure. But there was definitely like a weird, like it makes not the necessarily tension a compul- bad feel, but it was right. definitely a different feel. It makes the tension very different. Yeah, and that's really what you're going for if you want to have your guitar feel the way that Jimi Hendrix's guitar felt, or Dick Dale's guitar felt, or any other guy who played left-handed and, and flipped it over. Uh, that's an easy way to do it is with a reverse headstock. Yeah. I've, I've always liked the uh, Gibson reverse headstock on like the Firebirds and uh, Oh, yeah, those are cool. Those are really cool. I always thought that was a good look. Uh, he asked another question. What else did he ask? Um, on that note, when building and modding, what is your personal balance between looks and functionality? I'm almost always... When I put together like one of my project guitars, I'm thinking about the looks first. Like I'm thinking like, oh, how neat would it be to have a flying V that would look like it was built by Fender? Right. And then I start to think about the functionality of like, oh, what pickups do I want for what sound? And what hardware do I want for what feel? And and stuff like that. Uh, but for me, I'm, you know, I'm of 
I'm a graphic designer by trade, so the visuals come in really early. Uh, I know other people build, you know, the other way around, where it's a function thing, sure, and then looks are, you know, the last thing they think about. Neither way is correct or incorrect. It's really about personal preference. Yeah, you know, functionality is one of those things where, um, regardless of what you're going to do aesthetically to a guitar to make it look unique or look normal or look like you know like you said like oh this is a this is a flying v if it was made by fender right or you know an explorer if it was made by fender or whatever um you know for me the bottom line with functionality has to do with playability yeah it has Uh, to have a every guitar has to have a certain level of base amount of functionality fit and finish um you know uh just overall setup. The only time I've had a, an, an instrument set up where I thought like this is functionally unusable was when I dropped that down electro pickup into my Telecaster because I thought right. it would look cool because it would, I thought it would look more like a traditional Telecaster to have a lipstick pickup in there. The problem was that like I've I had like, I have this high gain, um, Seymour Duncan humbucker uh-huh. in the bridge, and then this super low output uh, GFS so uh, lipstick pickup, Dan Electric style. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be like four and a quarter K or something like that, right? Maybe, maybe, like maybe may- three, three and three quarters K. I think it's in the four. Okay, maybe four. 4.2, 4.5. It's pretty low, though. Yeah, yeah. I got the hottest one. I actually, it's a bridge model to drop in the wow. neck because that was the highest output. Yeah. Or that was the highest output I mean, it's based all, on resistance. It's all jangle. Yeah. And I really, like, it was just so unbalanced. I couldn't use it either. I had to turn my amp up super high uh-huh. to make the pickup, make the neck sound right. Or, But every time I switched to the bridge, it would, like, just blow up. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Which... I don't, still don't know how I'm going to match that with a P90. Um, I actually, well, P90 will have enough kick to it to fight a, a humbucker. No, the P90 with the Dan Electro pickup. In the oh, Les Paul. yeah. Um, well, maybe if you... I don't know. It, it might but, be better than you think. But that's at least a semi... Like, that's a combination of aesthetics and functionality to me. To me, the most important part of functionality is playability. And, and after that, like your pickup selection and everything else, there is definitely a playability aspect to that. But uh, but there's also an aesthetic thing to that. Yeah. And um, as an kind of an aside, I know we have a few guitar builders that listen to this. Um, we have guys who have experimented with different things. I had this idea the other day. It's either the best or go. the worst idea I've ever had. Wait on it, Steve. If I took a resistor and put it in series with the P90, on, so so the guitar I'm going to drop this. Um, so you're talking about like a permanent volume drop on it? Yes. Okay. So the guitar I'm going to do this on is an Epiphone Les Paul Jr. It has a P90 in the bridge. I've been talking about putting a Dan Electro style lipstick in the neck. Um, but the output is like hugely different. Uh-huh. So my thought process has been like, and maybe I wonder if there's even a calculator to figure this out or if it's just the dumbest idea ever. 
is just to take a re resistor as a permanent volume drop, put it in series with the pickup before the pot, uh -huh. and use that to lower the volume of my P90. The issue or the question that I guess I have is, will that change the way the P90 sounds? Aside from volume, like, will I lose like that bite of a P90 by putting you a resistor in line with it? Probably will lose some frequency on it. Um, I, if I was going to do something like that, I would put in a, a mini switch to toggle it on and off, uh, like the toggle the resistor on. Yeah, and toggle off. the resistor so that if I decided I was going to go to combining the pickups, I could toggle down that P90, or maybe even a. Uh, a volume pot on it like do a two volume one tone sort of situation right um yeah i don't know i feel like if you did that and even if you got it where the pickups perfectly blended together there would be times where you'd be playing and you'd be like man i just wish i could get that extra db out of my uh out of my pickup right now to get yeah maybe get that's a little thing extra heat you know is to put like a mini switch on it where it's like or actually i Nah, I don't so you engage the switch when when you want to blend pickups, right? And then you take it off when you want to just have your lead tone. Just have it searing. Yeah, this mind like the P ninety on that thing sounds great. And actually, I bought that Les Paul Junior because of the P ninety. Yeah, I had been the hum the single humbucker model. I wasn't interested in, but the one with the single P ninety, I I, uh, I thought would be a really cool modding platform. Well, here's here's my suggestion. Don't limit the P90. Put a circuit in there to boost the oh lipstick. You know, if I wanted to do that, I would have to be over here for like two days straight, like using your router. Yeah. To like completely oh no. reroute would, the body. It would only take a couple minutes to route the body. Okay, out. fine. Well, it would it would take an hour or two to make the template right. for the router. It doesn't take that long to route. It's like it's super quick. Right, <laughs> but you would be routing out a battery compartment and yeah. a place to put a little circuit board that you had spent a couple of days working on, and, <laughs> and all sorts of stupid stuff. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a dumb idea. I don't even know if that would work. It would having work. a passive pickup and an active pickup in the same circuit. Yeah, why not? I guess I want to be a true active. It'd just be like a boosted passive pickup, but yeah, I don't know. Why wouldn't it work? It'd be perfect. All right. Fine. It's exactly what you need, Steve. It's exactly what I need. <laughs> well, uh, should we wrap it up and get to the song? I feel like we've done everything sure. that we can for Have this episode. Have we done enough damage? Uh, this has been episode 31. Uh, this, this song is from uh, Luke Mundy. He sent me a Dropbox link and no other information other than saying that it was from a few years ago, I think is what he said. Uh it's from the Dropbox link. I was able to figure out that I think it's called uh, ABBA or ABBA. Uh, so here comes a song. It sounds pretty good to me. Uh, uh, Luke, if you haven't been recording like it sounds in your email, maybe you should get back to recording. Sounds yeah, like, stop being a slacker. It sounds like you're good at making music. Make some more of it, you know? All right, guys. Uh, see you next week. See ya. There are songs that have not been sung, but their melodies are floating on the wind. 
That will never be put to pass. 